Do you lie awake and ponder ponds of microscopic life? Expose yourself to exoplanets high up in the night? Are you crazed for kinematics? Do you fantasize of fauna? Everybody's got a question, luckily we're gonna Unpack the stack of facts that you think back to every day Attack your ignorance, you'll be unmatched in every way Sit down and lend an ear, all the answers will be clear I'm running out of rhymes, I'll let the host take it from here Hey Ellie, uh, this is going to be a fun question today, but uh, I recently uh, watched Fast 9 with my dad and in the, the middle of that movie, John Cena was committing a series of, of crimes using a fun science fiction device where they put a, a giant magnet in a van, basically, and, <laughs> and using a switch inside the van, uh, they could turn the magnet on and sometimes it would it would pull valuables like watches or cell phones and, and stuff in like closer to the car. Guns, of course, too. You got to steal guns. Yeah. But then sometimes when they need to use it later on, they could flip the switch the other way and it would it would push other cars farther away. For, and I just I, I, I appreciated the, the the scientific ingenuity uh, of the people who invented this device and. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on any sort of scientific related crimes or, or mishaps. And this uh, seems just like a fun, feasible thing that we can do. So, so from a, from a, I'm not a magnets expert. So not, I'll not throw that caveat at the beginning uh, that I, I'm, I'm not a magnets expert. So maybe theoretically there, there is a world where you could turn a van into a magnet. Uh, however, however, <laughs> one, I don't, I'm almost positive that the Fast and Furious movies did not create a mm. magnet that's going to work for, for, uh, they went to space, Ellie, spoiler alert. So I think they can play with magnets. This sounds like the Sharknado movies. Yeah, no, it's the Sharknado movies, but played straight. That's why they're awesome. It's it's a Sharknado movies, but there's cars. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the first movie is a fun, serious indie film about stealing DVD players, and by the ninth movie, Ludacris went to space with Tyrese, and this is all a natural escalation of events. Wait, this is exactly like Shark. Have you ever seen the Sharknado movies? Yes, I, yes. Because I mean, they don't steal DVDs in the first one. No, but they go to space. David go Hasselhoff to space. goes to space, and yeah, it's like yeah. the same jump where they're doing like normal, like normal things that you would do at a Sharknado. You know, although to be fair, Neil deGrasse Tyson is in Sharknado Six, and he plays yeah, Merlin like the Wizard. Um, yeah, but he plays a wizard, and it, it is it is funny. Um, okay, I believe they also. Oh no, that, I was gonna say they have um Dallas Mavericks guy, but he's actually kind of cool. So you know. Anyway, so anyway. Fun, fun science crimes. I just want to talk about Fast and Furious 9, but it sounds like you have no interest in the greatest saga in American history. It's just, I've already seen Sharknado, so I don't know that I need to see Fast and Furious. It sounds Better. like the Sharknado is not about family. This is about family. <laughs> no, but like the Sharknado movies are about family. You said you yeah. watched them. Yeah, but there's no way Ian Drago or whatever his name is actually likes Tara Reid in real life. You... I think I've pitched this to you before. You need to watch Fast and Furious for the love between Brian and Dominic Toretto. They are meant to be together. I don't care that they're both married to different women. 
I will take your word for it because I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. They have chemistry. Speaking of chemistry, we're not actually talking about chemistry today. No, we are not. Uh, we are we're talking about caviar. Uh, so talk about Morbius. We could talk about Morbius. We want to talk about more fiction. Well, I would say that the science in Morbius is a crime against humanity because anyone who watches it does not get at all a good idea of how DNA or science in general works. Uh, it's the worst science in a movie I've ever seen, and I. <laughs> He, he has it. He's born with a disease, right? I, yes. I, I Spoilers for the listeners. I have no intentions of seeing as a, the biggest comic book movie nerd in the world. I am, I've, I'm currently reading the Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye that then inspired the TV series. I love the, the Vision series that was loosely inspired uh, WandaVision later on. Uh, I, I, I love me some good, dumb comic booky shit. I'm, I just can't, I can't get it up for Jared Leto as, as the living vampire. I just, that, that is no interest to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh the, 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 the way that they just so cavalierly say that they can edit DNA. I feel like comes from like the same place where people think that MRNA vaccines can change your DNA. The reason why is part of it is movies like that because he changes all of his cells to bind with bat dna in like a minute <laughs> like he that, gets a, he, he gets, gets a spinal powers, or is he gets that a spinal he... injection of something sure of science of science and geez. a minute later he's half bat yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, murdering hold people. on hold on he's not half bat he's just a living vampire no he's not <laughs> in this movie <laughs> he said they <laughs> describe him as a chimera which is a combined <laughs> dna of vampire bat in person. Man bat is a DC character, you fools. The, what are we doing? They also never extract any DNA. They put some of the vampire blood bat on a microscope and it zooms in and you watch the DNA unwind on a computer screen and it changes four bases and they're like, Chimera activated. <laughs> oh, it's, oh my God. <laughs> it was beautiful. Wow. And then they, yeah, they used one mouse. Uh, they injected it in one mouse. That mouse came back to life. They were like, good enough. <laughs> Who needs a control? Oh my God. They made and the lab is right next to a hospital. So he walks one room <laughs> over and there's a child. It's like his lab with the room of ba- a room of vampire bats is in the pediatric what? wing of a hospital. <laughs> what? Oh God, I'm glad we saved this for the pod. That's all in the first 30 minutes of the movie. So just so you know, <laughs> that's not even the main plot of the movie. That's just him becoming a half vampire bat. Um, we haven't even gotten to the villains yet. Oh, no. Yes. If you, I laughed really hard. Um, oh, that sounds I, like a mess. I, there were many moments I watched it. I watched it with another, another geneticist <laughs> and we were like laughing really hard and no one else in the theater was laughing. I'm surprised there were other but, people in the theater with you. There are probably 20, 30 people in the theater. There's what? not a lot of, there weren't a lot of movies out. But there were better options than Morbius. We know that now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, th- thank you for that. that, that that's a good I just, I wanted to get that on the record. That was my, my anti-pitch for Morbius. <laughs> that you paid money to see a Jared Leto movie. Well, what was more important to us, so for a long time, there was no snacks allowed or drinks allowed in the theaters at, in Nova Scotia. And they had just let movie theater popcorn 
be sold again. And so we were really there for the popcorn. I would have walked in. They let you walk in and buy movie theater popcorn. You know that, right? You could have just walked in, ordered a, a thing of popcorn, and they would have been like, fine, that's still seven bucks in our pockets. That's not this, that's not the experience though, Nick. Like I feel like you we do have we do have plans at some point though to have a movie th- a movie night where we buy like a garbage bag of popcorn for really because you can buy full garbage yes, bags yes, of movie theater that. popcorn for like relatively cheap. And then um just have a have a movie theater night with that. Cause I did that over Christmas and it was really fun. All right, um, well, watch the Batman on HBO Max then or whatever the whatever crave version you have. Make sure it's a good movie. Don't watch Jared Leto overacting and still somehow to put in a bad performance for an hour and a half. I'm not, I'm not going to rewatch Morbius. It was funny. Like if you, if you find a way to watch it for free, like it, it's funny. Um, but it's also, it's also pretty problematic. So like, it's, it's not Jared something Leto, I don't know. Um, well, unsurprisingly, um, you know, disability isn't handled super well in that movie. No, um, from the guy who did the mo- like a really bad over the top portrayal of a trans woman. No, not Jared Leto. Yeah, I should have seen it coming. Uh, <laughs> the man who started a sex cult. Uh, what? Oh, we we do not have. We we're already like what five minutes in, and we we keep teasing, talking about fish, and then we talk about Jared Leto instead. Oh no. Okay. We'll, yeah, we'll that's that later. One. We'll save that. Uh, one. You know about that COVID seems like a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, I wanted to talk about real science crimes rather than <laughs> fictional and and film science, science crimes. Science movies. Uh, so I wanted oh, to talk to you know. about the the sturgeon caviar scandal in Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin is how you know the story is going to be good because I, I, I nothing against any Wisconsin listeners we have. I, I enjoy Madison a lot. I've got, I had family out there for a while. It's a, it was a very very beautiful place. It also feels like a place where nothing happens and that's why you go there. Does that make sense? We say that as people from Michigan. So like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. We don't have a leg to stand on. Like that is also a place <laughs> where you go to and kind of nothing happens. And that's kind of the, the deal you like. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm with that vibe, but I'm yeah. just saying like, we at least have Detroit, like in Flint, like we we've got an edge to us. We, we made Motown, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But so this is this is we're going to go even farther away. This is actually a scandal involving the Department of Natural Resources. For some context, those are the same people that sell like fishing and hunting license. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what they're they do a lot of research as well. But like that, if you want to know the big thing they're known for, I were to associate the the DNR. they, They put out licenses for people using nature. They regulate fishing and hunting. Makes sense. That's generally what they're known for. But in 2018, anything shady here. In 2018, several people, including two DNR employees, Uh-oh. were arrested in co- connection with a sturgeon caviar ring. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to break this down. So I, I think most everyone knows caviar is just is just fish eggs. It's just yes, fancy salted fish eggs. What when you say like a ring? How do do you know how much we're talking? Like thousands and thousands of dollars. That's <laughs> I can't believe the the DNR wasn't paying well enough that they had to go out and steal fish eggs. Like this is this to me no. is okay. So here's the thing though: they weren't selling them. What? This okay. is where it gets good. So that okay. the reason they got busted because uh 
there was an investigation into larger organized caviar crime, um, which is a major problem. And uh, caviar crime rings are a major issue. Look, I I I don't mean to mock, don't let my laugh take this as me being derisive of this topic. There's just a series of words you don't ever want or expect to hear together in your life. And caviar crime ring, it, it, it just hits a lot of those buttons for me. Yeah, so the, the group in Wisconsin, they were worried that they had connections to organized caviar crime, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> no, no, keep going. I'm, I'm, with you. I, I'm with you. Okay, okay. So they, they, what the, they are accused of, and I think at this point have been convicted of, is they took sturgeon eggs after like, so people are allowed to hunt a very small number mm-hmm. of sturgeon every year. Right. Uh, yeah, the sturgeon, sturgeon are endangered. Uh, lake sturgeon are endangered uh, in the Great Lakes. Um, so hunting sturgeon is a very restricted practice. Uh, but they're not allowed to sell the eggs. So you take the eggs and you use them for research. So they, they confiscated eggs to use for research, but then process them into caviar for personal use. Because oh, they, they just wanted to, caviar. No, they just wanted to eat it. They just <laughs> whoa. Okay. <laughs> these, these, okay. They that just really, really liked. Them. They just really liked caviar, and so they. Man, how down bad for you for caviar? Do you have to be to steal from your work? That is a government regulated bill. Wow. They also gave it to their friends as gifts, but they didn't actually sell any caviar, really. So they so had. Okay, the, they, I assume the crime comes from just taking what is not technically theirs. Yeah, the only place it was sold was at like a local bar and the local bar owner helped process the eggs and he took a share of the finished caviar and they would sell that at the restaurant. See, I'm going to argue that doesn't, I don't want that to be illegal. That seems cool to me. I'm kind of okay with that. It's when the people who like work in the office that have direct access to the eggs are just, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. Man. And one of the people that was arrested is like one of the most like well-known surgeon researchers. Like the reason I found out about this was because I worked in a surgeon lab and they were like, y'all, <laughs> like Yo. I came into the office and they were like, oh my gosh, this guy just got arrested for selling sturgeon caviar. Like, yeah, it was, it, it rocked the sturgeon research world. Um, it was a big deal, but they weren't, they weren't selling it more widely. So they didn't, weren't right. selling it like which reduce it like a it's, company or other yeah. people. So they, they were only charged with misdemeanors. So that's God, the like monster. the, they're charged with like, I think like having an illegal substance and then obstructing a police investigation because uh, like they that. Tried covering you know, up that they had stolen years worth of caviar. Yeah. They stole years worth of sturgeon eggs that were supposed to be used for research so that they could personally eat them. That's Okay. Again, not not that it makes it better. When you pitched this to me, I at least assumed someone was getting a cut of the money. You know, like you, you hear sturgeon, really, it's a caviar ring. Like caviar costs money. Caviar is very expensive. Yeah. Rich people like it because they have terrible taste. We all know yeah. this. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that this guy did it just to like, what, like to flex personally? Like he's not, he's not even trying to profit off it with, I mean, I don't know. I, (laughs) I'm trying to wrap, I I guess I don't want to, I'm not trying to say he should have committed bigger crimes, but I guess I'm kind of saying. (laughs) 
dream a little bigger caviar man like aim higher bro (laughs) don't don't just make yourself look good like like actually improve your life a little bit like you know tony soprano walter white this is not but like you know provide for your family my dude he was he was providing a lot of caviar I'm, I'm sorry, you think his children were like thanking him for bringing home another bag of caviar for dinner that night? No. They were like, dad, sell this shit so we can have a fancy steak or something. Anybody need to eat any more goddamn fish eggs? Uh, I think I saw estimates that they stole like $50,000 worth of caviar for personal yeah, And you didn't sell it, man? Like, that, that's on you. I'm, but if I'm they were turning around, I will say though that if they'd sold that they would. That was like that's like a much bigger crime. That's like a, fine. It's not go like a little bit home. of a bigger crime. It's like a misdemeanor to a felony crime. Yeah, go big or go home. I I bet if he had been selling this shit, he wouldn't have gotten caught because he was more incentivized. That's this is my hot crime take for for all our listeners. If you're gonna do crimes, go big. I I would actually argue that small crimes are are good. Um, I'm not saying don't do small crimes too. I'm just saying if you if you're gonna steal caviar, don't just keep it for yourself. Get get some of that fifty thousand dollars coming back your way. Yeah, I can see that, but I can see how getting tangled up in organized caviar crime might be like a little bit intimidating. You know, like that's that's a scary world. Caviar crime. I don't know. Look, unless you know something about the world of shady caviar that I do not. I, I feel like there are much more dangerous individuals, probably just within the world of science you could get involved with. I don't, it's got millions of, it makes millions of profits. Like then millions of dollars in profits. why didn't this dude make millions of profits? That's my point. I mean, there's there's a lot, but like it's, it's a lot to, it took me reading several articles just to unpack what was going on. Cause I went in thinking this was going to be like, Oh, they have ties to organized caviar crime. And then they were like, oh, we definitely thought they did. And then we found out they just ate all of it. Like, I think that like they, they were part of a much larger investigation. Right. And I feel like this must have been frustrating. Like this feels like the plot of like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode. Yeah. Yes. I was always going to say um, like uh, a, one of the, a, a better like kind of comedic Hulu miniseries where it's like, yeah, no, we thought there was a crazy crime ring going around and we assumed this dude would have like millions of dollars hidden away, but it's like, no, he ate that shit. <laughs> and we're, we're trying to figure out why. He's, he's, and it turns out he's just a dude who really likes caviar. And that's, that's it. Like it doesn't go any deeper than that, which is incredible and to me. That why he went into like sturgeon and, and like egg fish egg harvesting. Do you, I guess you don't know this guy, I assume. I, but. yeah, I've never met this guy. I, I, I don't know like what came first. I would assume that he became like a researcher first and then, (laughs) yeah. Um, That deserves something. (laughs) I I I guess I figure he went into research and then maybe like tried some caviar and was like, huh, this is my new favorite food. How am I going to get more of this? I can't afford it on a DNR salary. Wait, I have so many fish eggs at work. What? I feel like that might've been the extent of the thinking about it. And then 10 years later, you're like knee deep in local caviar crime. But it's, I guess, I, I just can't get around. He's not, he's not selling it. There's yeah. only like one restaurant. It's just, he's giving it away. Yeah. And I like, I, 
I guess if I could interview, if I could just sit down, my first question would be, did you know what you were doing was illegal? And like, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not asking as a lawyer, I'm asking as somebody who's trying to figure out what he thought he was getting away. Like if he thought he was getting away with anything, because it's just, I don't, it, it's a crazy crime to me because like, again, when you first pitch this idea, I'm like, oh yes, this makes sense. That feels like a specific kind of like tucked away corner of the science where you, it, where you could probably get away with some like weird crimes that nobody's going to pay attention to unless they know to look for them. And then it's like, no, bro didn't even profit off it. He just, he just wanted his little snackies and that was it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I, I hate saying this on a, a recorded medium, but like crime harder guys, just, it's just crime t- a little harder. I feel like that make this makes it so much more interesting though. Like the fact that there's that the fact that there's not a conspiracy, I feel like it's almost like more interesting than if there had been a big giant conspiracy. Like this is so interesting to me. I guess you're not raw in that it 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 feels like something that should be this really convoluted story with a bunch of different actors and like like you said, shady business players or like whatever like black market fish deals are going on. And it's like no. It was kind of just this one dude who, I don't know, again, I don't know if he didn't realize how much he was fucking up or if he just didn't think he would get caught, but it, 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 it boggles the mind. He was, he was willing to take the risks of stealing the fish eggs and making it into caviar, but like still was not able to go, oh, there's a way that this can benefit me more than just filling my stomach for two minutes. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer to that question. I just, (laughs) I, I, yeah, it's fast. It's fascinating to me. The fish crimes. Let's get him Um, on the pod. He'll he'll be our our next interview guest. Fish crimes guy. (laughs) 40 minutes of me asking why, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Uh. I guess while we're here, uh, is there any sort of interesting uh, facts about sturgeons you want to get up so we can at least pretend that this is still a science podcast for another week? Yeah, so I do have some science content, although we we definitely took a big detour into crime. I just wanted to talk a little bit about just like kind of what sturgeon are, if you don't know what a sturgeon is. So there's this is uh, going to be very confusing for visual listeners who like who like having a picture of whatever we're talking about in their head. We're doing. Yeah, just give you a little bit of life history, what's going on and kind of so the reason that caviar is so expensive and the reason kind of why this all happened is because sturgeon are most there's 27 species of sturgeon, including lake sturgeon, which is what we were talking about in the caviar crime most of them are critically endangered due to overexploitation and habitat loss and that it's like a lot of it's because of the popular choice for caviar and that like they're so sturgeon eggs are caviar eggs and because rich people wanted caviar that led to huge overfishing they and they're almost they almost died sturgeon, out yep wanted more and more of those eggs yeah but so sturgeon have been around for a really long time. And I will get into exactly how long in a little bit, but they were an abundant species in the Great Lakes for thousands of years. Uh, and they were fished that whole time by indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, they stayed abundant <laughs> for thousands of years. Overzealous commercial fishing when, it, when yeah. people were just fishing to provide. 
Yeah. It's almost uh, like there's sustainable fishing methods that are like already out there. And, you know, I don't know. Um, it sounds like you're trying to get in the way of profits and from my board members, 401k being as profitable as it could be. So. I mean, I, I'm not saying that like sturgeon are, are more important than an appetizer at a rich people party, but like, I kind of am. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I am saying, but I am, I am saying that. Uh, but if, if gun to my head, you're asking me, yes, I do think that's more important than rich people having snacks. Yeah. Cause so sturgeon, are, they're, they're actually, they're really cool fish. They're huge. Uh, they can get to be up to like six feet or two meters long lake sturgeon. Um, great for fish picks. Um, if it, what's what, sorry, fish picks. Like if you're taking a picture with a oh, fish, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, like if you if you want to oh, no, one I'm up, just... if you want to one up all the dudes on Tinder, right. get a sturgeon pick. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm old and I I don't I don't know what I thought a fish pick was. Just... <laughs> Damn kids with their shortening of words. What the fuck's a fish pick? It could mean anything. Exactly. Damn it. It's exactly what it sounds like, Nick. It's, it's okay. A, all right. Well, it's that, a pick know, of a fish. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Back in my day, we would say the word picture, but whatever, you know, because we don't have time for that these days with our tweeters. Say, so, yeah, next thing you're going to say is that you call Snap Snapchat. That's so long. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> did they change the name? No, they didn't. But everyone calls it Snap. Oh, do they? I had a 24-year-old yeah. call it Snapchat the other day to me, so I still felt sort of young. <laughs> she did invite me to be part of her her snapchat group and i said oh it made me feel old so i deleted it like five years ago i'm sorry <laughs> it made you feel old people i just i couldn't deal with all the pictures all the time it was this is a, that that's for next week we'll, we'll mm-hmm. save that this we'll, discussion. we'll table so this sturgeon are a very long-lived fish uh speaking of aging uh how they take long it, are they they take at know. least 10 years to mature and they can live um, I think they can live like 80 years sometimes. Like they live as they can live as long as people. Um, and so they have this really long generation time. So they have a lot of time. So they also don't spawn every year. So different mm-hmm. fish will go up to spawn in different years, um, which makes conservation a nightmare because they don't spawn very much and they live a really long time. So if you're trying to increase their numbers, um, it's it's difficult to do. They're not they're not efficient, uh, in that way. Um, so it, it's conservation is really, really difficult. That requires a lot of intervention and like active mm. participation from people. Um, the actual upkeep and making sure that the populations are at a, at a level where they want to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like when I worked the, the lab, I worked in an undergrad, they had, I think it's now a 20 year assessment program where they, uh, do genetic sequencing of adult and juvenile surgeon to like track mm. their population. They've been doing it for 20 years. And they also do larval rearing. So they catch the babies as they float down the river um, and raise them up in tanks for the summer. Uh, because like most fish, uh, like or like a lot of fish, I guess, they have tons and tons of eggs and tons and tons of babies. And I think over 99% of them die within the first six months of being alive. Which is, which is fine if there's like thousands of adult fish. Right. Uh, but if, if the numbers of the adult fish are already dwindling and then you still have the, the loss of those eggs. Becomes a much bigger deal. Yeah. Exactly. So 
they try to increase the odds of their survival by putting them in tanks for that critical like first six months when a lot of them would die and then they release them back into the river um you just got to keep these babies alive so they can become the giant adults that will actually live yes exactly um so something that's kind of cool about sturgeon is that they're categorized as a living fossil so this is the, this is, here's some science content. Well, I can do this. Uh, <laughs> it's a science podcast. There's going to be science. Uh, this is kind of a, it's kind of an interesting, it's not, a, this is not a formal scientific term, but it's used a lot to define a specific group of organisms. Um, it was defined by Charles Darwin to describe living creatures that have survived and remained relatively unchanged from a phenotypic perspective for millions of years. So like, if you go back into the fossil record, something that looks a lot like a sturgeon should still be there. Right. J- just to kind of give other examples, uh, crocodiles, alligators, uh, sharks, yes. turtles, I think other example, a lot of sea creatures, just for, for whatever reason, if you, you lived under the sea, there's a good chance that mother nature was just like, no, we kind of nailed it this time. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Some other good examples, uh, aardvarks, possums. No way. Yeah. They were That's on the list. Point. I, yeah, I, no, I, believe, I looked up. A- Aardvark especially would not have guessed, but that's very cute and I'm happy to hear. Yeah, yeah. So we've had fossils no for a real long time. Wait, no, uh, that can't be true because Arthur did change over 20 years. He used well, to have he, the nose, but then his face got flat. So explain that science. Oh, Nick, I don't know how to tell you this. What? Arthur's a cartoon. What? Yeah. Oh. He's not a real aardvark. I, but I had the books, so I'm pretty sure they're about his life story. They, they were, um, but Arthur's not real. Okay, well, I don't know if I believe, like this is like finding out the Berenstain Bears are not also like a real family that existed back in the day. What? Oh no. What is, what's, the look on, what's this look on your face? So the Berenstain Bears are also fictional. Same. And I know that that might sound like fake news, but I promise I'm telling you the truth. I just... I just, I did, this might be the end of the podcast. This could be the breaking point. I'm so sorry. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that I was going to be the one to tell you this. this they is... wrote books about them. How could they be fake? We don't have time it's for that. Family. They lived in Beartown or something. It has been a minute since I've read these. <laughs> See, I haven't read those books in a really long time. Be- Beartown? It's probably something. I don't know. That feels, that feels right. Yeah. Something. I don't know. I know, I know little sis had a, had a bully she had to deal with, but then her and the bully became best friends. That's, that, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good, that sounds very much like a, a Berenstein Bears book. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but bears are not living fossils. Um, <laughs> aardvarks are. <laughs> aardvarks are though. Uh, some other ones, uh, horseshoe crabs. So not all sharks, but like specifically uh. goblin sharks. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple other species of sharks, but not all of the sharks are uh, living Some fossils. have changed a little more than, okay, significantly. Right, yeah, go. so uh, goblin sharks, a lot of, something that I think is kind of interesting about living fossils, they all kind of have a bit of a look. Um, like if you look up a picture of alligator gar and goblin sharks, horseshoe crabs, like you'll kind of see what I mean. They have a little right. bit of a look. I don't know how to describe it, but you can be like, I, hey, that makes sense. I, I feel like I do, like, I mean, I guess we're just using the term already, already established, but they do look like a living fossil. Like when you, when you look at what like fo- frozen fossilized creatures of that time look like, they have that like sharper kind of more angular look at that at the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like round and lazy sometime over the years. Well, so what's interesting is that actually living fossils don't have like a lower rate of mutation or genetic change compared to Mm -hmm. other organisms. They're not actually evolving slower. Interesting. Oh, they're evolving. So this was like something that was thought it was thought that they had stopped evolving, but that's not true at all. They're absolutely, they have the same rate of mutation or genetic change, but for some reason, those changes don't lead to like phenotypic changes. They still like look the same and have very similar behavior, but like theoretically they're if you look at how they, if you like look at their DNA and how it changes from a contemporary standpoint, it has the same amount of change as like an organism that's more recently evolved. So there's not a great reason. I don't, I couldn't find a great reason for why. Well, I would say that makes it, this definitely kind of puts this into a weird, fun category of science where it's like, I don't know, sometimes it just happens this way. And, like, and it's, well, because it's one of those things, there's there's a lot of changes that can happen within your DNA right? without there being an exterior change. So there's lots of little things that can happen, but that's that doesn't explain this. So whatever they have, they have some kind of really persistent adaptation. So they're going through lots of mutations but they're not sticking in the population. So usually at some point, there's some kind of mutation that is beneficial and it will start to sweep across the whole population. And for some reason, they have plenty of potential for change. They don't have a lower potential for change. They just haven't. So like whatever they're doing is working and they're just like, like, sure, for millions of years. up now. Don't don't, uh, break something that's, or don't fix something that's not broken, right? Exactly, exactly. And so it's, they're kind of interesting from a, a genetics perspective because they can be considered like evolutionary outgroups. Like lamprey are a good example. Lamprey and hagfish are the only fish that don't have a jaw or at least hmm. a partial jaw. Right. And almost all vertebrates have jaws. Like that's they're not still, just a fish thing. That's like a vertebrates thing. Most of them have jaws. But for whatever, um, they like, because even if they're evolving in a way we can't see they're they've still decided like, nah, this, this has worked. Like this works. Just keep going. Even though literally every, oh, well, I, I, I want to say it's every other vertebrate, but I don't want to say that just in case there's a jawless sure. vertebrate out there that I don't know Someone's about. I was going to get in your DMs being like, well, you forgot about this one fish that was discovered like 20 years ago and was named by some obscure, like after a sub- science writer who I liked. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure lamprey and hagfish are the only fish without a jaw, but I'm not sure about his vertebrates. Like there All might right. be another, I think, right. I think they're the only ones though. Let's um, hope you got this right. So literally every other vertebrate was like, nope, jaw's good. And lamprey and hagfish were like, oh, fuck you. You're ridiculous. I'd rather look like a sarlock pit with a tail. Um, <laughs> the fact that they said that but like years before Star Wars was even a concept, very impressive. They've been ahead of their time for millions of years. Yeah, One would almost think George Lucas stole the, the design of the sarlock pit from these lampreys and fish. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if sarlock pit looks a lot like a lamprey. You know, yeah, that's the type of fun, nerdy thing Lucas probably would have done. I I make that joke a lot because it's like ridiculous how similar they are. I have not found a better analogy for what a lamprey now looks like. I mean, that's it's, something that's it's like perfect. <laughs> what what is this? This is a lamprey mouth. It's a giant sarlacc pit. Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah, I just, I mostly just wanted to share with you the living fossil thing. Cause I think they're neat, right. And they're, and they're fun to study and like, they, they look cool. They've got cool stuff about them. And the other, the, the thing that I think is awesome is that there's a lot we don't know about them. Like we kind of don't know why they exist. 
Right. Uh, there are these like weird evolutionary anomalies that we're still figuring it out. And that's just fun. So. I mean, it's sometimes science is just going to science. And then that leads to uh, a random person committing a, a crime that could have been more massive, but he chose not to personally enrich himself. So, you know, I guess either credit there or lack of credit there, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, lots of cool research, too. So I think there's there's some great research programs right, on yeah. living fossils. That's fun. Don't, don't let this one dude who likes eating fish eggs too much detract from, like, the interesting good research of, of sturgeons and even the sturgeon eggs themselves. You know, just uh, do better crimes, right? That's that's my lesson. I don't know if that's what you're ending the lesson with, but I, that's what I uh, really, really want to push. My, my message was was mostly like, look up pictures of goblin sharks because they're yeah, just fun. But like, sure, do, crimes works too. Do fun um, crimes with goblin sharks. I think that's the joint message. So what, what you're saying is that if someone did a crime about with a, involving a goblin shark, yeah, that would cool. immediately be an episode. I, I would pitch for it. I would bug you every day until I was like, we got to do goblin shark out. Like, I feel like if that pops shark. up on Twitter, I'm going to get a message immediately. That's, it could be. <laughs> Very well could. You better hope it doesn't happen. Cause I'll be like, see, see what my boy did. Sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. But then we might get in trouble. Cause we like, we predicted this. Crimes. <laughs> <laughs> they told this dude to commit a crime with a goblin shark. There's okay. Fine. <laughs> legally don't commit a crime with a goblin shark guys separate different sentence for the court of record any crime involving a goblin shark would be cool and get my immediate approval but those are two separate thoughts that have no relation to each other just want to however from an official perspective we don't condone crimes sure don't yeah, i guess yeah don't do crimes yeah. what whatever i get Crimes are bad and people don't want you doing them. I get, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I think our, our actual ending joint message is crimes are bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Good. All right. That's on the record now. So now we can't be sued. I think that's how that works. Yeah. Good. And well, uh, fish, fish crime is really interesting, <laughs> um, but should not be emulated. Yeah. We, we <laughs> will talk about fish crime because we find it fascinating. But. Don't do it to give us more content for the podcast. We would not appreciate that. Right. And not be sure to mention you by name. Yes, exactly. I think, I think that clears it up. There's, I think there's we, no yeah. confusion. Absolutely none whatsoever. All right. Well, good. I mean, on that, this feels I, like I a, a, a good, successful everyday dissection. Yeah. I'm Ellie Visa. And I'm Nick Lemmer. Don't do crimes. Have a good day. Don't. An Everyday Dissection is hosted by Nick Lemmer on Twitter at Lemmer underscore Nick and Ellie Visa on Twitter at Aleel Ellie. You can find the podcast at eDissect and on our website, anchor.fm slash an everyday dissection. Our theme music was written by Evan Zobel and our art was created by Madeline Henriksen, who you can find on Instagram at art that is no bueno. Like our podcast? Please leave a review and don't forget to like and subscribe. This episode's totally real science fun fact. If you want to pretend to be rich, choose better tasting food. Or just eat the rich. They probably taste better than caviar. <laughs>